Okay, so uh, we're going to be going live with uh, Jonathan J.T. Torres from the BJJ World. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's it going, my friend? How are you? It's going really well, man. It's, uh, I'm glad to be here today with you. An absolute um, honor for me to be uh, hosting you. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. Uh, how, how are you keeping during this um, sort of coronavirus pandemic that's going on at the moment? Uh, you know, I'm trying to stay busy and trying to make the most of my time. So I've been real active with my students still. So I've been holding online classes for them, virtual classes three times a week, uh, six classes a week, really. So three for the kids, three for the adults. And then uh, in between those sessions, I've been doing a lot of lessons, two one-on-ones, where in the past, people have always asked me, like, hey, have you ever thought about sitting down and talking about mindset and, you know, how to prepare for tournaments or just game planning or just how to build a camp? And I've never really had time to do that. And now I have plenty of time on my hands. So I've been doing a lot of those kind of calls where, you know, people would just reach out and we'll have one-on-ones over Skype, Instagram, whatever the case is, whatever is easier for them. So I've been doing a lot of that. So trying to make the most of my time to help me pass through these times that we're going through right now. So for those people that are going to be um, tuning in via YouTube and Spotify, um, just let them know a little bit about yourself and your, your background. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in New York. Um, my parents are from Puerto Rico. They moved to the States to go to school when they were about, they were going to college. To, they, were, they were going to university when they came to, to uh, Iowa. They first moved to Iowa, then set up camp in New York. That's where I came about. And at an early age, I was infatuated with martial arts. And I asked my parents to, you know, sign me up for a karate school or, you know, or bring me to a dojo. I want to learn martial arts. And early on, I've, I fell in love with, with martial arts. And my karate teacher then, he was also a, what we used to call back in that time, an NHB fighter, an MMA fighter, right? So he, he was really into learning different arts as, as wrestling, you know, other arts of striking and grappling, jiu-jitsu. So he was always someone who, who wanted to seek out, you know, other knowledge and, and teach us. So throughout my four years, I did karate with him. He always taught us a little bit of jiu-jitsu in our classes. And it was about around the age of 14, 15, where I got my black belt in karate. And I just wasn't interested in martial arts anymore or in karate anymore. And, you know, from there I got... My, my father always encouraged me to continue training and stay active. And I decided to try out the jiu-jitsu class that he had. He had, a, he had one jiu-jitsu class a week there. And he was a blue belt, actually, at the time. So I, I said, you know what, I'll try out the jiu-jitsu class. And I tried it, loved it. And I remember within the first few weeks of training jiu-jitsu, I told myself, man, I really love this. I can see myself doing this full time as a, as a career. Um, I would love to open an academy one day. I would love to earn my black belt one day. And I would love to become a world champion one day. And, you know, now I'm here. I feel like I've accomplished those three goals. And, you know, uh, now I'm, you know, working hard to achieve other goals that I have. But, yeah, that, that's, that's in a nutshell, that's my, my little story there. So do you think that you were sort of um, a natural when you first got on the mats? Or was is like your – has your skill set developed massively over time? Was there, like, people better than you that were the same level as you? Do you know what I mean? Because, obviously, I've – um, done jujitsu for not very long, about six months, seven months now. Nice. But when there's new people that come in, I felt like I was a little bit above maybe their starting point. Right. So right. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm naturally talented at it because I'm actually. I feel like I'm awful. But right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's that little bit of like understanding and learning maybe quicker than others. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I first started training. I definitely had a natural feel for it. And I, 
you know, I give credit to my past martial art training for that. You know, uh, when I first started doing karate, my my sensei also encouraged me to start wrestling. So I, I also started wrestling around the same time I started karate. So, you know, leading up to that point, I already had a few years of some sort of grappling experience under my belt. So when I first started training alone, I felt comfortable. You know, I felt comfortable and I understood the techniques you know, much easier than most, I, I, I feel. But I, I will say this. I did study a lot, man. I worked really hard. I still do. But, you know, especially then, I remember any little chance of or any little material of information that I can get my hands on, I will get my hands on them and study it. And it would be books, magazines, whatever old DVDs I can find of matches or, you know, back then there, was, there wasn't really any instructionals, but there was DVDs of, you know, of black belt matches that, you know, someone recorded on, on an old camcorder. So I used to watch all of that and just study, study as much as I could. So whenever I would go back to the training for the next class, I would try to use what I learned either in those magazines or books or in a DVD or a video and try to, you know, implement that into my game in the next training session. So I, I was always trying to improve early on, you know, physically on the mass, everything I could, but I was reaching out and trying to seek out other knowledge too. So... <clears throat> Diving into a little bit of your mindset, what keeps you going and like <clears throat> finding that next goal for yourself? Because obviously I think you've won the um, championships twice. I might be a little bit wrong there, but I'm sure it's twice. And yes. uh, obviously for just, just to win it once would be great. And you've gone and won it twice. <laughs> right. what's, what's your next step? What's your, what's keeping you motivated and keeping you driven? You know, what's keeping me motivated and driven is my love and passion I have for the art. You know, I love, I love jujitsu, man. I truly love it. Uh, that's the reason why I started. That's the reason why I started off on this path and, and stuck to it because I truly love it. And, you know, what I'm working towards now is building the best academy I can build. I want to have an academy that when people hear the name all around the world, they know, ah, that's a great academy. That's, you know, a, a, a great place to go to and learn from and hang out at and, you know, just learn jujitsu from. I also want to eventually coach somebody in the finals of ADCC or the Gi Worlds at the black belt level. You know, that, that's, that'd be a, a dream of mine. And, you know, I have a room full of young killers who can accomplish that. You know, they can do it. So within the next coming years, I would love to, you know, produce a, a world champion on that level. And then at the same time, I want a, a room full of black belts eventually. You know, I want a room full of black belts that, or black belts on the mats and off the mats as well. You know, I want to help spread the art and then spread it to my students where they can get to a point where they can maybe open an academy of their own and continue spreading the knowledge, you know, all throughout the community, all throughout the world. Is that what also <clears throat> drives you to kind of keep on top of your own game in, in the world as well? Because obviously you want to be at the top so people can look at you and go, this guy knows what he's talking about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if yeah. I'm trying to preach some right. BJJ knowledge, it's not going to be as, say, believable as if you were preaching it. Do you know what I mean? Right, exactly. Um, you know, I'm like like I used to do in the beginning when I first started training jiu-jitsu, I still seek out other knowledge and, 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 and try to learn as much as possible. And one thing I will say is, you know, removing or, or not having any tunnel vision is what really helped me do that. I've always had an open mind when it comes to learning. So, you know, I learn from my students. You know, I learn from the blue belts, purple belts at my academy. You know, I learned that they're, you know, jiu-jitsu is constantly evolving as the years go on, as the weeks go on, as the days go on, right? It's constantly evolving. And I learn a lot from my younger guys. You know, I see them, you know, trying new techniques that, 
are more popular now and I pick their brains on it. You know, I have no problem asking them like, Hey, can you show me that position again? And cross training. I like to cross train too. I have other guys who come in from different academies once or twice a week and we just trade positions. And, you know, that's really helped me continue improving and, and developing my game further. Cause you have to, you can't just stay, you can't stay put and, and expect for you to, you know, keep evolving is it doesn't work that way. You have to seek out, other knowledge you have to learn you have to put yourself out there and competing has helped me do that too when you compete it's going to force you to, to develop your game to you know the style of the tournament that you're about to compete in or maybe the opponent that you're going to have maybe if it's a super fight it's going to force you to study your partner your, your opponent and and bring it bring in a game plan so all those things i just mentioned i think have helped me continue to uh improve and evolve my jiu-jitsu game what do you think um some of the key fundamentals are for running a successful academy uh you know one thing i'm going to say is you have to have a good team around you it's 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 a hard thing to do by yourself you you have to have people around you that you can trust and that can help you you know uh, i remember asking for advice when i first set out to open my academy and i remember speaking to one of my friends who owned, owned an academy at the time and he told me don't be afraid to bring in people to help you don't be afraid to bring a team around you because you know, I opened my academy. I want to be the one who does everything. But, you know, I, you know, shortly after I opened a few months, I started bringing in different people to help me out. Like my fiance, she helps me run the business side of the of the academy. Then I have some, some of my first students who started with me who are some of my coaches now. They're like my right hand, my right hand guys, right? They help me run the white belts, kids classes. So I've developed a good team over the last few years, which helped me run a successful academy you, you got to have a good team around you it's hard to do by yourself you have to have like-minded people and surround yourself with those like-minded people have you ever had to deal with um say i mean the kind of like ego people that come in and think they're gonna bully everyone and boss everyone around how do you deal with those types of characters do you humble absolutely. them quickly absolutely there's been times where I've actually had to ask some students to leave. I had to like tell them, Hey man, I don't think this is the place for you. You know, I think you should move on and find someone else that so, somewhere else that works best for you or, or best suits you. And, you know, I told myself when I first opened my Academy, I want my Academy to be a place with a great atmosphere. You know, I've been someone who's had the privilege and the honor to travel around the world competing, but also training and teaching at different academies all over the world. So I got to see different things that I liked and I didn't like. So I try to, you know, make a combination of those things and make a perfect, a per, you know, what I think is a perfect environment, you know, an environment where it's friendly, where you can come in and feel safe, somewhere where you can come in and, and, and ask questions and learn and help your teammates and your teammates will help you reach your goals. So that's exactly what I wanted. And whenever I see someone who doesn't fit that, you know, what we're trying to do at my academy, I'll, one, have a talk with them. I'll let them know, hey, you know, I've noticed that maybe it's not, you're not with the flow, you know, what's going on, you know, what's bothering you. Is there something I can help you get over or fix that we can, you know, move on. And if, and if we can't fix it, then I'm going to ask that person that I think it's, it's better that you leave and move on to a different place that best works for you. Mm. What advice would you give to um, like a, say like a white belt? Cause I've got it. Well, I had it at first um, where I was kind of, you know, you learn and you learn and you learn and you don't think you're getting any better. Right, and you you're getting tapped all the time, and yeah. you kind of just think maybe I should just quit this. <laughs> right. What kind of advice would you give to someone that's maybe feeling that way and is thinking I'm just going to walk away from this 
you know, in, in, even in your, uh, in your academy. Right. So what I will, you know, what I always tell them is keep an open mind and, and, and just know that the journey is a long journey. And when you start off anything in life, it's always going to be difficult. And anything worth having in life is always going to be difficult, especially in the beginning when you're first learning it. Um, so I always tell my students, look, keep an open mind. Trust me. Stick it out. And I, and, I, and I tend to warn them in the beginning, you're going to be caught in a lot of bad spots, you know? And that's why I think teaching the white belts in the beginning, you know, mountain escapes, you know, the, 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 the hip escape, you know, basic escapes from bad positions work really well because mentally it's going to help them. So when they get caught in those bad spots, you know, they have, they have some sort of idea of what to do. So I would tell them, look, keep an open mind, stick it out. Anything worth having is gonna be it's gonna be hard. It's never gonna be easy, and you're gonna you're gonna regret you're gonna regret quitting if you do quit. But if you stick with it, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love what you've developed over the next years to come. Yeah, I mean um, the advice I got given because I was like, I, I thought I was getting better, and then suddenly everyone was just tapping me out again, even more like literally <laughs> so quickly as well, like. I was, I was getting rear naked, just everything, and I was thinking, I thought I was progressing, right? And now, I, now I feel absolutely shit again, basically. <laughs> so, so I spoke to the um, the head coach of my place, and I said, "Look, what's going on here? Like, I feel like I've taken ten steps back." And he goes, "No, it's because everyone knows you've gotten better, so exactly. they're just raising their game a little bit to kind of keep you keep you off." Like, exactly. I was kind of like. Thank you. I needed to hear that because I've, I don't know what was going on, but it was I was just getting you know pissed off pretty much. I was just thinking I'm getting tapped out every 15 seconds here. Like what is going on? <laughs> Last week I was lasting two minutes, and now I'm getting, getting done. That's funny. oh god. So yeah, that's that was the advice that got given to me, and uh, uh, it it helped. So I, and that kept me going and motivated, and um, you know I. I've had advice on when I should roughly look at starting to compete, but yeah. I'd like your advice on maybe what you'd give someone in the sense of training-wise when you'd recommend, oh, uh, yeah, go and try a competition out. Uh, you know, I would say give yourself at least a few months of training before you go out there and compete. Now, everyone's different too, right? You may have somebody who comes in who has a wrestling background or a judo background, and, you know, maybe, you know they can easily go in and compete um with a few weeks of training but if it's someone who's never really trained before or, or have any martial arts experience i would always tell them give yourself two to three months see how you feel after two to three months and then we can go out and compete because i want somebody to have um a good experience right because competing is scary you know it, get, it gets your adrenaline rushing it gets your blood pumping so you know it could be a scary a scary thing for some people but if you learn and take the time to learn positions and, and learn how to escape and things like that, um, it will give you confidence when you go out there and compete. Knowledge is confidence. So I would say a few months, give yourself two to three months, and then go out there and compete. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to um, Cassidy Welch uh, about sort of competing as well, and she was saying that um, it's so much different. You you roll around in the, in, in the gym on the mats and – yeah. Your arms don't get as fatigued or anything like that. Yeah. Even though you're going for it. And then when you go and compete, you're pumped for an adrenaline. Your arms blow out quick. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're feeling pretty cream-crackered fast. And it's just, it's a different level of training, you know, different. Yeah. You can't really prepare for it until you go do it. It's true. Um, and then she was saying about sort of 
competition levels now because obviously they do jujitsu for kids. Yeah. When these kids are now turning to an age where they can compete with the adults, they've got five, six, seven years worth of jujitsu experience. Yeah. Which, oh yeah. When they're rolling on the mat and you're, they're like, oh, they're a white belt. They're not really a white belt because they've, <laughs> they've had all this experience since juniors and you're thinking, shit, how did this happen? That's true, man. It's very true. Um, so who's been your sort of toughest competitor, like a couple of them, where you've gone and thought, this is, this is tough and come out on one? Um, a few of my toughest competitors, I, I would have to say, is definitely Lucas Lepre, um, Michael Lange, um, guys like uh, Wagner Hosha. You know, those guys are always guys who are, you know, game to fight and, and bring the fight hard. So those are guys who have competed over – I've competed against them multiple times over the years and they've forced me to step up my game. You know, another guy too is like Silsino Vinicius, who's another tough competitor. He brings the heat to you when he goes out there and competes. So guys like that who who are, you know, fierce competitors have always been the competitors I like to compete against, first of all, because I think that's what people want to watch and that's what I like to do. I like to go out there and compete against someone who wants to compete. And what I mean by that, I don't want someone to go out there and put me in a position where they're going to stall me out or hold me down for eight minutes and they try to sweep me at the end you know so i enjoy a good fight but uh those are the competitors who over the years have who've brought you know excellent matches and they've forced me to get better they've helped me improve so what's your um next sort of goal in bjj for you just to win the the world champs again or yeah you know what yeah definitely man uh for me, what's next for me, I definitely want to come back and defend my ADCC title. I would love to win three uh, three back-to-back titles, which hasn't been done, I think, since uh, Marcel Garcia did it. Um, so I would love to do that, and I would love to come back and take another crack at the Gi Worlds. I was, you know, I was training and preparing for that for this year. You know, obviously, all the tournaments got canceled both throughout the world. So we're going to be looking to do that next year, 2021. And, you know, odd, odd years have been – good years for me. So 2017, 2019, I won ADCC. So um, I'm looking good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that 2021. Um, what's your personal favorite? Gi, no gi? Doesn't matter to you? It doesn't matter, to be honest with you. I enjoy both. Uh, you know, when I first started training, I just did both. That's just what it was. I, I never really questioned it where, you know, I saw on the schedule, today's gi, today's, tomorrow's no gi. And I just showed up for, for you know, the classes. So you know, nowadays, I think you see a huge split in the community where there's only gi fighters, there's only no gi guys, and there's, you know, then there's, a, I think, a select few now that only do both. Um, so for me, I enjoy both. I, I started training both from my first week of training. My first week of training, I did gi and no gi that week. So it's just been something I've been used to since the beginning and something I enjoy. So I do, I'm, I do them both. What one do you think is easier to transition from and into, like gi into no gi or no gi into gi? I think it's easier to transition from gi to no gi. You know, um, you know, no gi. If you just do no gi and try to do gi, I mean, the, the thing is that you can go. You, there, there can be conversations. There can be points made that you know either or can go either way, right? But if you had to ask me, I would definitely say going from no gi to gi would probably be more difficult just because you're not used to gripping, right? You're not used to getting gripped yourself. Where, you know, in the gi, you're used to someone holding you down. Where sometimes no gi, I find it a little bit easier for me coming from the gi game because 
now no one can hold me down. It's easier for me to move. You know, I have a lot more movement. So I, if I had to say, I would say that, you know, it's, it's harder to go from no gi to gi. What was the process for you transitioning to becoming sort of an earning a living off of jujitsu? Because obviously that's a lot of people's dreams, you know, that they yeah. want to make a full-time killing from doing what they love. Man, years of sacrifice and hard work and just, you know, ups and downs, man. So if you, I mean, nowadays, you know, people have better opportunities to make a living off jujitsu. I mean, now is way different from when I started. When I started, it was, what, 2004, 2005. Um, there was there wasn't any sponsors. There wasn't um, social media that it's on this level. You know, uh, things were way different back then. So for me, I didn't really start making a living until a couple of years until I, into my black belt career. To be honest with you, you know, so from white belt all the way up until uh, brown belt, first year black belt, I was working. Man, I had I, I held jobs at McDonald's. I worked a job at McDonald's at once. I worked selling ice cream. I taught kids karate classes. I taught jiu-jitsu uh, classes for kids, uh, you know, teaching prior lessons wherever I could here and there, and just scraping money together just to pay my bills and, you know, cover my, you know, my training, to be honest with you. And it was, like I said, it wasn't until a couple of years into my black bus, two, three years where I started really making uh, a living. And I wouldn't say a comfortable living either. It was just, you know, enough to, you know, buy some food and, and, and pay their portion of the rent that I needed to pay to for the apartment that we were all staying in. But it took years, man. It took years. Like I said, it, it took me, I said, two, three years into my black belt to really start, you know, gaining some sponsors, you know, shout out to Tommy Fightwear, you know, they're the ones who I've been, you know, working with them since uh, early on in my black belt career. And they're the ones who really started showing me the real support that athletes needed then. And, um, you know, and then from there it grew. It grew, and I was able to teach more seminars around the world as I continue to compete and build a name for myself. And that's when I really started making a decent living. When I was able to start traveling and start teaching, and 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 uh, and that that's all due to me building my name just off competing and, and training hard and and working my best to go out there and prove that I am one of the best in the world. How close are you and uh, Gordon Ryan? You, Gordon Ryan. How close are you both anyways? Like tight? Um, not too close to be honest with you. Um, if I see him, I'll say hello. Um, but we're not too close. I, you know, don't really know him too well, to be honest with you. No. I was just going to ask you what your take is on his personality. Cause I follow him a lot on Instagram and he, yeah. he does crack me up. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's definitely a character, man. He definitely keeps a lot of people entertained, but to be honest with you, I, like I said, I don't really know him too well to speak too much on that. But um, like I said, every time I see him, you know, he said he's he's had said hello to me and I said hello to him. And, you know, we've trained a few times in the past and that's pretty much about it. How long did it take you to get your black belt? Uh, about four years. So I tried I started training jujitsu full blown 100 percent when I was 15 years old and I got my black belt at 19. I remember I got my black belt like a couple of weeks before I turned 20. So uh, four years and like eight months, I want to say. Man, that's that's long. <laughs> that feels like it's long, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you obviously got it in a quite a quick period of time. Yeah, based yeah. on sort of um, <clears throat> my general knowledge on on how quick people achieve black belts. But yeah, to invest yeah. for that long, and that was you training five days, six days a week, twice I, a week, seven I, days. I, so I was training 
twice a week sometimes at that during those times you know um i was yeah, working you know i was working and and for the majority of that time i was also in school i was in high school you know i was you know all throughout you know uh white belt blue belt purple belt brown belt i was still in high school i, I got my brown belt when i was 17 years old and it, you know i was in high school so i was working also at mcdonald's during that time on the weekend so i was only getting to training two 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 to three times a week at the time but even though i can only get to the academy so often i was studying so much man i was studying a lot so even though i could only physically train you know only a few times i was mentally training um you know mentally training 24 7 basically i remember being in the classroom and you know in new york we have some brutal winters and i remember having my jacket over my 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 chair and i remember just reaching back working kimuras on the sleeve of my jacket and the teacher being like hey mr torres what are you doing and i was like oh you know i caught myself like oh, i was drilling kimuras <laughs> you know what i'm saying i was like oh, i don't know so I was, I was constantly working constantly training and constantly getting those reps in a uh, good question down here it says are you going to open up other affiliate schools Absolutely. So that's my goal, man. Uh, as of right now, we have one official affiliate, you know, that's Sucker Free Jiu-Jitsu. Um, Weiss and Tyrone run that academy out in Long Island, New York. And uh, Weiss is a black belt under me and Tyrone's a brown belt under me. And my goal is to have more affiliates, but affiliates who are students of mine who I've had time to work with and develop. You know, I don't want, you know, what I want to avoid is someone randomly being, hey, can I be an affiliate? I'm like, well, you know, I want to get to know that person. I want to get to work with that person before we can, you know, open up an affiliate or anything of that sort. So that's my goal. You know, that's the reason why I don't have a bunch of affiliates right now. I want time to develop that relationship with those students who are, will eventually open up an affiliate academy. Yeah, I think that's quite an important part because at the end of the day, it's your brand as well. Right, exactly. And if you get some bad, bad seeds, we say, that are representing your brand, it's only going to reflect badly on you and obviously we don't want you don't want that exactly no one wants that you know nobody wants that so i just want to make sure that like i said i build that strong relationship with those students before they go on and you know open up their academies and do you ever think you'll make the transition into mma at all that's uh, another question from the group um you know i've always thought about it you know I've, I've had a lot of people tell me man you have a really good style for mma really good style you know you have good takedowns you get on top you have good pressure you know you have a perfect style for mma but it's never been something I wanted to do um, as a full-time career. I've always wanted to do at least a fight. I, uh, MMA did always have some sort of interest for me, or I always had an interest for MMA. But I never had an interest to make it a career. I never wanted to say, I want to be the UFC champion, or I want to be this or that. But maybe one day I'll do a fight or two, you know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe in another year or two, I'll jump in there and, and give it a shot. I have trained MMA before. I have been part of, you know, training camps and, you know, I've had uh, different MMA fighters bring me in for some training camps before, and I've helped them with their grappling games. And and uh, so I've had a little bit of experience there. So I know um, what it takes to to uh, prepare for fights. I've seen, you know, some of the best in the world prepare for a fight. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe you should make it a uh, charity event. Yeah, it could be that cool. Way it's all fun, right? But you still yeah. want to win, you know. But yeah, yeah. It's probably a good thing. Stream it on YouTube. Get tons of viewers no doubt yeah it's not a bad idea actually we'll see there you go see i'm flying flying yeah. the ideas out right now yeah. um do you ever feel like you you're 
like a master of jujitsu in the sense of like you know every angle and every game you've seen everything there is to see or are you still in that mindset of student constantly learning always learning i'm constantly in that mindset of constantly learning and, and uh reaching new goals and new levels in my jiu-jitsu I, I i would never feel like i've mastered it um and i think you should avoid feeling like you mastered it because usually when you try to when you think you've mastered something you're done learning right you've close the chapters and you have your your tunnel vision on at that point where I always want to continue learning I want to keep an open mind so um I'm definitely not a master uh yet there's a few positions where I feel like I've mastered a few positions right because I believe in the, in the 10,000 uh hours and 10,000 reps kind of rule where I definitely have techniques where I've put 10,000 reps in them and I feel like I, I understand them you know better than most but overall, jiu-jitsu, no way, man. It's just so uh, infinite, I feel, that there's always more to learn. Hmm. No, I agree. Like, you think you've seen it all, and then someone else crops along with something, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, that's, exactly. That's pretty tasty. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Um, so what does it take to become um, an ADC champ? Uh, ADCC champ, sorry. Like, in the sense of dedication and focus and mindset, how, how do you go about it? Man, uh, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and sacrifice, man, and, and a strong mindset because, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not just saying this because I've won ADCC. Um, in my opinion, ADCC is the toughest tournament in the world to win, you know, and uh, out of all the gi tournaments, out of all the no gi tournaments, ADCC is the toughest tournament to win. And for the simple fact that the tournament, one, it's hard to score in that tournament. So, it's not easy to rack up points and to kind of just sit back and let the time run out. Like it's hard to score. There's no advantages and there's overtimes, right? Where, you know, the the referee doesn't have the decision like, Hey, maybe I like this guy better. Or maybe I know this guy we were friends for 10 years ago. So, you know, I'll give him the, the nod on this one where, uh, you know, I, in my opinion, ADCC leaves it up more to the fighters to see who, who wants it more, who wants to win. And with that being said, the training for that is insane, man. I, you know, most of my, most of my matches uh, on this last ADCC, I think they were like 20, 30 minutes, man, because it's so hard to score. So it's so easy to go into overtime. And the thing is, there can be multiple overtimes. So your cardio has to be on point. Uh, your technique has to be on point because after 10 minutes of grappling, you're going to be all sweaty. So you have to learn how to control somebody when they're full and drenched of sweat, man, which is, that's a whole nother uh skill on its own you know how do you control somebody when they're sweaty and especially if they're not wearing a rash guard you know it's hard it's mm -hmm. difficult to do so training for that is super tough man in that sense your cardio has to be sharp your technique has to be sharper than ever your positions have to be tight and your mindset has to be strong man you have to be ready to go out there and fight someone for 30 40 minutes you have to and and, and keep that pace up right because the referees are real strict on you in that tournament where if you start kind of backing out they'll hit you with some uh, neg uh, not negatives, but um, warnings, right? So you have to fight. You got to push that pace. So training is difficult, man. You got to train hard. You got to train smart. You got to make sure, like I said, your cardio is on point, your technique's on point, your positions are tight, your takedowns are good because there's parts of the matches where you can't pull guard, right? So you have to make sure you, you, you can work takedowns. Um, so it's, it's difficult, man. You have to be ready to work the hardest you've ever worked in your life and bring that championship mindset to it too because you have to prepare to fight somebody for 20 30 minutes and that's something that's difficult to do man you get someone to do a six minute roll most people want to take the next round off 
right? Mm. Imagine doing a 20, 30 minute match against a world-class grappler. And then your next round, you have another world-class grappler, you know? <laughs> um, so it's tough, man. It's super tough. In uh, that tournament, there's only two ways you can make it into that tournament. Either you get invited, and when you get invited, it's because either your your grappling uh, career, what you've done, your grappling career, or you're you know uh, a skilled MMA fighter with a strong grappling game, or you've won the trials, right? So um, you're gonna fight the best of the best, and I like it because that's that what that's what makes it sweeter at the end when you win a title like that, right? But Training for that, man, it's definitely the hardest tournament there is to train for, man. It's tough, but if you're willing to put the work in, you give yourself the best opportunity to go out there and win. And I'm super grateful for, you know, for those two titles I have to my name, man. And, you know, I forever cemented myself in the in the history books, I believe, as one of the best grapplers to do it, especially at that weight class. What sort of things are you doing off the mats? Like, do you do any gym work, flexibility work, mobility work? Yep. Absolutely, man. So I have a really good strength conditioning coach who doubles as my wrestling coach as well, Coach John Marsh. And he he gets me ready, man. He gets me ready as far as strength conditioning. So we're doing a lot of running, lifting, circuits, swimming. Uh, we, you know, we do tons of different workouts throughout the, the camp. Uh, one thing he's always big on is stretching. He always keeps me flexible and my body strong. We do a lot of, you know, um, injury prevention workouts too, you know, where you know, people tend to overlook those things where they, yeah, I'm going to go and lift heavy. Well, you also do workouts where, you know, you keep the muscles around your joints strong and things like that. So he, he keeps me in check in that department and uh, wrestling too. You know, there's times where we just take an hour and just go over wrestling techniques to, to implement to the jiu-jitsu game. So that's what I, I, I do outside of jiu-jitsu training. Yeah, I mean, I think injury prevention's um, kind of a massively overlooked key point because when I first started, I was like, this isn't too bad. And then the next day, I'm like, man, my elbows, my shoulders, oh, yeah. my knees, my ankles, like, yeah. I'm getting old. Like, what is yeah. going on here? And oh, then yeah. it's only when people said, you know, you need to look, up, look into your mobility and stop lifting so heavy in the gym and, and focus on recovery and, you know, keeping yourself loose. And I was like... Okay, I'm gonna need a massage here and <laughs> and a chiropractor to like start cracking me out and that because right. I'm I'm look, I feel I feel like I'm crippled, you know. But it's such a nice feeling. It's it's weird. Like to be injured isn't nice, but I know it's, what you like, mean. Satisfying because you know you've trained hard and you're I like, know, I'm missing that feeling right now. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Except getting wrapped up. I hate. I hate it. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> got legs around my head i'm being pulled down i feel the the air being pushed out of me and i'm like oh i'm gone yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. um how a tip as well like i was wondering is how do you make yourself um like heavy you know when you're on top of someone yeah what what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to make themselves a lot heavier so when it comes to feeling heavier on top it's about knowing where to drop your weight and there's two things you really one thing you want to focus on is third point pressure right so imagine uh, a tripod right one of the legs on the tripod most of the weight's going to be focused on that one leg so that one leg for your body could be your shoulder could be your hip uh could be the way you're hugging the person's hip with your arm you know things like that's how you make yourself feel heavier Think of yourself as a tripod in certain positions and where can you focus your weight to pin somebody down. And for me, I usually use my shoulder pressure uh, for most of the time to pin somebody down. And I focus all my weight 
through that shoulder pressure by getting up on my two legs, butt in the air where I'm like a tripod and I'm focusing all my weight on one certain point. Um, another thing I would recommend a good concept to, to carry with, to carry with you when you're trying to stay heavy is always force the person's body to look two different ways. So what do I mean by that? Have their lower half looking one way as you force the upper half to look the other way, right? So twist them out like a towel. And when you start doing things like that and understanding concepts like that, that's how you, you know, pin somebody down. And that's how you make them feel like you weigh a thousand pounds on top. You're like, man, how, how, man, this, how, how much do you weigh? I get that question all the time. How much do you weigh? I'm like, man, I'm a lightweight, man. I fight 77 kilos. And they're, in, you know, sometimes in disbelief, they're like, man, you feel like you weigh... I don't know, 100 kilos, you know? Mm. Um, and, you know, those two things, you know, it, it's so much deeper than that. We can sit here and just talk about shoulder pressure all day. But if you focus on yourself, you know, envision yourself as a tripod and focus on twisting the person out like a towel when you're on top, that's how you're going to start finding those positions where you feel heavier on top. Yeah, I mean, this guy I uh, roll around with, he weighs 73. Um, his name's Sam. And he, when he's on, he's on top of me, he, like, pushes his stomach into my stomach and I feel all my air just like come out and I'm like, bro, why are you so heavy? Like what yeah. is going on? Right. I'm like, I weigh more than you. Yeah. Right. You're like just pinning, like wrapping me up like a snake, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's such a good feeling, but it's just horrible at the same time. Yeah. Such yeah. A, a weird, uh, a weird vibe. But what would you give advice to, uh, what advice would you give to someone who's sitting on the fence and doesn't know, whether they want to try out Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and they're kind of humming and ah humming and ahhing about it? Um, you know, what I would say is go out there with, uh, you know, what I try to do is always tell someone who comes into the academy, like, hey, you know, I'm not sure about this. You know, I'm, you know I, I've heard about it. Um, I always recommend, why don't you come in and watch a class? Just watch a class. You know, watch a class. And when you watch a class, watch it with an open mind. Try to listen to the instructor. And just watch your first class, you know. And, you know, when I tell people that, they sit down, they watch it, they get a little bit more comfortable being at the academy because it can be an intimidating thing, right? Someone coming in and you're like, hey, put this gi on, let's go. You know, 20 push-ups, go. You know, it can be intimidating. So I always recommend, you know, come in, watch your first class, check it out, ask questions. And I, you know, myself as an instructor, I try to make that person feel comfortable. You know, if I see someone sitting on the side watching, I'll go over and try to explain to them what's going on. You know, what's the goal of the position today? Um, so that's what I recommend. Watch your first class with an open mind and don't be afraid to ask questions. I mean, I'd watched um, jujitsu online a little bit before I went and joined in a group. Uh, a friend invited me down for a, like a free taster session. Yeah. And when I watched it on the internet, I was like, man, I could do this. I'm going <laughs> to go down there and fold people up. No problem. I'm strong. Like, it's yeah, not yeah. an issue. I hop on that mat. Uh, we do some technique work and, and some drills and things like that. And then obviously we had like the free rolling at the end. Yeah. And man, my ego got kicked out that door so fast. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Humbled straight away within right. within the first three minutes. You know, I'm sweating. Right. I'm like, what is going on? So for anyone who wants to take that approach, I'd recommend highly that you don't because you don't get anywhere that way. <laughs> you really do need to listen in and learn. But yes. if you, tr for, I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, after that first session, I was like, here's my money, you know, like I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll be doing this for the rest of my life now. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Such a, such a great thing, such yeah. a great buzz. And it's hard sometimes to 
explain what that buzz is to someone who's watching until they take part in it and then i think everyone has the same thing they're like i'm yeah. in for the long day oh yeah i fell in love with you just right off the bat man i loved it you know just to feel how effective of a martial art it was i was like man this is crazy i think i remember my first day i got triangled by somebody I don't know, someone smaller i was like man this is crazy i love it though i gotta learn this teach me teach me more yeah i mean that's the other thing as well like size it kind of puts into perspective that size doesn't necessarily matter like in the sense of you weigh your weight if some massive geezer come up to you in the street who has no training at all right exactly. you're, you're chopping him down like a tree you're tying exactly. him up it's, it's no problem you know exactly exactly um so what other things do you do sort of outside of jujitsu in the sense of other hobbies other interests family time things like that Family time is big for me, man. I'm really big in family time. You know, I try to spend as much time as possible. I, you know, for me, I spent about 10 years away from my family, you know, just traveling the world, um, competing. Uh, you know, I, I went into a, a place in my mind where my whole focus was just jujitsu at one point when I was trying to build my, my name. I was trying to make, uh, you know, prove myself out there. So after those 10 years is when I decided to move back to New York to open my academy. And one of the reasons why I decided to come back and open my academy was also to be near my family again. You know, I felt, you know, the time was right to spend time again with my family. And, and, and um, I remember during that time, my sister just had a baby. I'm like, you know, I want to be part, I want to, I want to be part of the new generation of our family that's, that's growing now. So I try to spend as much time as possible with my family, you know, when I'm off the mats, that's something I enjoy doing and something that keeps me balanced. I feel, you know, where, you know, the daily grind of jiu-jitsu can be difficult and can be difficult to mentally, you know, withstand sometimes. But I always felt that having that, you know, that family time always brings me back and balances me out and kind of calms me down, cools me back down to get me ready for another week of, of training hard and, and grinding towards the goals. But, uh, yeah, family time. And that's what I try to do. Just try to spend time with my family outside the, outside the mats. Do any other members of your family uh, partake in? Jiu -jitsu at all. No, they don't, man. They don't. Uh, I have a younger brother. He's 10 years younger than I am. He's 20 years old. And he was a really good wrestler, a really good wrestler in, in high school. And he's physically uh, stronger than I am, man. He's he's uh, he's he's really good, man. He's talented. He, he could have been really good. And he, his his wrestling was was solid, man. Solid. I remember he he uh, he could take me down, you know, and I tried to get him to jiu-jitsu, and it just wasn't something that he liked. He ended up uh, joining the military shortly after high school. But, you know, that's that's cool, too. You know, he went on his path, and he's doing his thing. But uh, and other than him doing a little bit of wrestling for a couple of years, I, no one else trains in my family. It's, uh, it's mad because, obviously, you'd think that with your success, that your fa like family members would be like, man, I want to get in there with him and show him right. up. Like, you know, right, exactly. try, try and be successful too. If, if I school my own brother, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. look like, the, I'm going to get the 87,000 followers on Instagram. Right, right, <laughs> right. I wish, man, but, I wish, I wish that was the case. But, you know, that's the way the world goes around. Everyone does their own thing and does what makes them happy. Yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, it's never too late either. Like, no, he yeah. come around to, to hopping in when he's 30, 40, who knows, I, right? I hope so. I hope so. He's almost done with his military contract. So hopefully when he comes back back home to New York, I can convince him to get on the mats. Well, JT, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, talk to you. And I really, really do appreciate your time, man. It's Likewise. It's been quality, honestly. And uh, 
motivational as well and you've made me thank you think about jujitsu a lot more now which is good because like, it kind of been slipping out of my mind and now it's just been pulled right back in beautiful i'm glad to hear that man it's an honor to hear that uh is there anything you want to add on at, at the end at all like where people can find you follow you check out your academy and things like that yeah absolutely so you guys can definitely follow me here on instagram at jtowardsbjj where i'm you know constantly posting you know little techniques and you know uh cool snippets of my uh, inside of my mind when it comes to training and things like that. You guys can also follow my academy at Central BJJ on Instagram. I also have a Central BJJ online where if you use the coupon code Jiu-Jitsu Strong, you guys will get two weeks for free on there so you guys can check out technique videos, sparring videos, uh, a whole bunch of cool stuff on that website you guys can check out, especially during this time where we're all, you know, away from the mats. Um, and just want to thank, you know, all my students and my family, you know, Tatami, uh, I just want to thank everybody who, who has nothing but love and support for me, and I appreciate everybody. Yeah, brilliant. Um, if you send me over those links in the in our chat, I'll put them in the video description as well. Oh, perfect. So people can go down there and click it, and the code you use and everything, I'll put all the details down there for them to check out. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. Brilliant, man. You take care and look after yourself, all right, and stay safe. Likewise, brother. Take care. Thank you.